discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's good to see you. Good to see you a wonderful evening to all of us. I hope you had a lovely day wherever you find yourself. I want to welcome you um, to our meeting tonight, Sons of Consolation um, Conference, right? Yeah. This is day two. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if you were blessed yesterday. Let's share a word of prayer and then we'll start. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for your precious Holy Spirit who is here with us teaching us your word. Thank you for great grace that is ministered to us. Thank you that your word proceeds with power, with grace, with glory. Thank you that our lives and our hearts are never the same again. Thank you for promotion and increase for all of us, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So yesterday, I started talking about um, preparing for the seed sowing day on 1st August, isn't it? And I remember mentioning the fact that um, we need to have one mind, one heart, one soul, one purpose in rallying behind the gospel of Jesus Christ. You see, you, a proper understanding of what the gospel is will help you to, to know why you should do certain things. Okay? Do you know people have given... I know someone who gave about $50 million at once to, yeah, to a ministry. Yes, one woman passed on years ago, and she willed more than a billion dollars to Salvation Army. William Booth's Salvation Army. Yeah. For the gospel. So if you don't have understanding, you, you don't know what the gospel is. And hence you, you may not really um, treat it as it's supposed to be treated. I want to show you some scriptures in the Bible to help you have better understanding concerning, you know, what the Bible says concerning this gospel that we preach and why we should, we should sponsor it, okay? And why you should prepare. If you read in First Chronicles chapter 29 from verse 1, let's start from there, First Chronicles 29 from verse 1. This is concerning David. How many of you want to be like David? I mean, David is one of the people every... Christian, you know, has um, a desire to be like. You know, you would want to, 
you want to be like David. You want to, of course, there were some bad things about him, but I mean, you want to really be like David, isn't it? The Bible says David was a man after God's heart. And we always want to, you know, talk about him and see how he lived his life. One of the things you can do as a Christian is to read about the Bible characters, the characters in the Bible, to see whether your life is becoming more like David or more like Saul, more like uh, 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 Solomon or more like, uh, who else? Absalom. Are you becoming like Abner or you are becoming like Samuel or Judas? Which one is it? Or Joab? Hallelujah. So let's read this concerning this very important um, scriptures given to us concerning David from verse 1, First Chronicles 29 from verse 1. Furthermore, David the king said unto all the congregation, Solomon my son, whom alone God has chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great, for the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. They were going to build the house of God. And he said that the palace is not for man, but for the Lord God. Verse 2 says, Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God, the gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver for things of silver, and the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistering stones and of diverse colors, and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. He says, I have set, I have prepared with all my might. I don't even you, you notice, I have prepared. Now I have prepared with all my might. So he was coming to give to God, but then he knew that he had to prepare. So he says, I have prepared with all my might. Yesterday I was showing you how, how Paul told the Corinthian church to prepare. So that when he comes, it will not be now that we'll be gathering. He says he wants you to prepare. And he mentioned that the church in Galatia had been ready for a year. They started preparing a year earlier. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> we're going to give a seed and we're preparing a year earlier. It's scriptural and it is spiritual. Now look at verse 3. First Chronicles 29 verse 3. So it's important to prepare. Tell anybody it's important to prepare. Important. If you don't have a neighbor by you, say to yourself, it's important to prepare. It's so important. If you don't prepare, you will not give God your best. Do you see? What you don't prepare for, you don't, you are not good at. Is it true? If you're going to write an exam and you don't prepare for the exam, what happens? You fail. So even though you sat in the exam room and wrote the paper, your, your, the probability of you scoring an A is very low because you didn't prepare. You just walked into the, into the exam room. You just walked into the exam room and when to write the paper. You would not have much. The one who prepared for months, studying, you know, checking what, what he or she needs to check, stands as a better opportunity of getting the A. Is it true? Your preparation is so important. If you don't prepare, it means that you're not ready to meet the opportunity that God has for you. They say success occurs when preparation meets opportunity. Is it not so? When preparation meets opportunity, then success comes. So you need to prepare. Look at the story. It says, Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good 
of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the house, for the holy house. I don't know if you're seeing it. He says, moreover, because I have set my affection, because I have set my love to the house of my God. He had a certain love for the house of God. Okay? He says, I have set my affection. And because he has set his affection on the house of God, he had a certain mindset when he was preparing to supply for the house of God. It's from my own proper good. The first one he mentioned was the things he had through the country, the, the commerce of the country. He had set things apart, gold, silver, and all of that for the, the, the house of God. But then he says, apart from that, I have also of my own proper good prepared myself, I've set for myself things of gold for gold because I have set my heart on the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, if your heart is set on the Lord, you will prepare. That's, that's, where the, that's where the thing is. Where your heart is. The Bible says that where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Isn't it? So, what you spend the most on makes us know what, where your heart really is. Yeah, depending on what your, where your money is found, we all know that this is what your heart is really into. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I have set my affection. Let's read the BB, Bible in basic English. And because this house of God is dear to me, I give my private store of gold and silver to the house of my God, in addition to all I have not have got ready for the holy house. I don't know if you're seeing it. Yeah. See, and this, and because this house of God is dear to me, is the house of God dear to you? Yeah. It has to be dear to you. So I want to help you with a few scriptures that will bring your mind to the fact that this, the house of God is very important. It's very, very important. You know, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, God made them know why he makes them prosper. Look at it, Deuteronomy 8, 18. It says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get wealth. For what purpose? So that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto thy fathers as it is this day. He says, he prospers you. I prosper you so that you'll be able to establish my covenant. Establish what I, I want. What I want done. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If, if, you, if you, you, you read in the Bible very carefully, you see that before... Um, Israel left Egypt. The Bible mentions that God allowed the fear of Israel to fall upon the Egyptians. And they gave them gold, of their gold, and of their silver, and their precious stones. I mean, they were just given to the Israelites. Okay? Now, when they gave to the Israelites, God expected them to use what they had received from the, Israel, from the Egyptians to build his tabernacle and to build him a temple. So when they got into the wilderness, he told them to bring what they received from that place. The prosperity they had, he wanted them to bring it so that they can build the house of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So he's letting you know that he gives you, prospers you so that you can establish his covenant. Now, what is the covenant of God in the New Testament? What is God, what is God establishing? What is God interested in? What God is interested in is the gospel of his son, Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, the only thing that is going to change this world is the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Absolutely nothing else is going to change this world. You and I have been in this country for some time. If, you've been, if you are older, you would know that NPP and NDC 
have actually, they've not, they've not turned the country into heaven. So you, it, it doesn't make sense why people are so glued to them. It doesn't make any sense. Because they don't, they actually don't change our lives. Has the road in front of your house changed for the last 20 years or 28 years since we've had a democracy? They change their lives, not yours. Hallelujah. This is not to criticize anybody, but just, you know, statements of fact is the truth. They can't really change lives. They, they can't. They can't. They can't really alter someone's life. But the gospel of Jesus Christ can change someone's life. It can change everything about him. You know, two days ago, or yesterday, I think, I was talking about the power of what Jesus came to do. If, if you are not careful, you will think that, oh, why didn't Jesus build roads when he came? Because roads are very important. Why didn't he build hospitals? Because people are sick. And hospitals need to be built. Why didn't he do this and do that and do that and do that? He could have done, um, I was talking about a trust fund. Jesus could have organized a trust fund for every single one who becomes a child of God. When you become born again, you have a trust fund that is worth $3 billion. What do you think about what I'm saying? Then that would have been very powerful, isn't it? So, uh, Do you think God does not know that money is important? He knows that money is important. Do you think he doesn't know that Health or hospitals are important. He knows. He said it himself. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He says, don't seek after the things that these Gentiles seek after. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these other things shall be added to you. He knew how important money was. But then he decided not to do some things concerning that, physically speaking. He decided to do something more permanent. Something permanent. And that permanent thing is changing your nature. Taking the nature of sin. The reason why the world is what, what, how it is is because of the nature of sin. It's not because of uh, uh, lack of money. There's too much wealth in this, in this world. Too much. There's too much health for everybody to enjoy. There are too many blessings for people to enjoy. But because of greed. Because of hatred and jealousy and selfishness. One man would want to have more than necessary. He has five cars already. You know, there was this story that uh, one rich man was telling me about another rich man, you know, who had gotten his wealth through all kinds of means. He said he got to his house and he had packed over a hundred cars in his, yes, in one compound. I'm not lying to you, in the same country. He had packed over a hundred cars and he was just taking him on a tour. You know, so I got this one from here. I bought this one here. And he, he you see, he's not moved the cars for so long, how many cars can you drive? You see, but because of what he is at heart, the Bible says the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can, who can tell? Who can, who can tell what man will do? The heart of man is what? Desperately wicked. So the gospel is what changes the heart of a man. And when the heart of that man is changed, there's no telling what that man can do for others. And if you are really born again, there are, some, there are certain things you cannot do. You just can't do. You can't sit and watch for things to go, you know, off. For people's lives to be destroyed. The righteousness of God in you would teach you to do the right thing. 
will teach you to bring in the righteousness of God, the kindness of God, the goodness of God, the love of God into every single situation you find yourself in. Are you in the church? So Paul said in Romans chapter 1 verse 16, he says, I am not, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and to the Greek. For therein, for in the, for in the gospel is a righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The most important thing that man needs is eternal life, laced with righteousness. That's what man needs. Man needs righteousness. Man needs to be, he needs to have peace with God. And he needs to receive the life of God so that he can be changed. And so that he can change his world. Without an, an inward change, an outward change is practically impossible. The darkness we see in this world is because of the, the nature of the darkness of man's heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you understand the fact that the gospel is the most important thing in this world. It's the most important thing. It's not one of the things. It is the mo- When God came on earth, one day God came on earth. He was born came out of the womb of Mary, walked this earth for many years. And when he came to this world, he decided that he was going to die for the sin of humanity. He felt that was the most important thing. He didn't think that building a school was the most important thing. He didn't build a business that will bring so many of us into employment. Employment is important, but salvation is more important. You see, it's an estimation of of, of Importance. What do you think is most important? Priority. For most Christians, the gospel is not, is not important. Unfortunately, those who are born again don't think that the gospel is important. They don't think that that is the means of changing people's lives. But that is the only means. It is the only means. Look at Acts. Acts chapter 4. Let's read from verse 10. Acts chapter 4 from verse 10. I don't know if you like what I'm telling you. If, if you think something is important to you, you will lavish it with all the attention and all the money it requires to make that thing work. Do you know why we spend so much on weddings? Because we think it's important. So a lady will tell you, it is my wedding. It is once in my lifetime. So I want to spend on this thing. I don't care how you get the money. They are making the plans. They don't know how they are going to get the money, but they are making the plans anyway. They are making attempts to put their faith to work. They go, they say the decor is 12,000 or 20,000. Just decor. And then they're like, we'll take it. Meanwhile, they don't have anything in the, in the house. They believe that they can have faith to supply for that particular amount. They don't, they don't really mind because they feel it's important. So it's a, it's a matter of priority. If you feel something is important, you'll you do whatever it takes to make sure that thing is fine. Is it true? Yeah. Guys love cars. If you set your eye on a particular car and they tell you that their car is worth 500,000 Ghana cities. I was, I was with a certain man who was looking at a car that is worth about 1.5 million Ghana cities. And he said, I'm going to get it. He said, I'm going to get it. There are other things to do, but he feels that that one is very important. It's, it's a matter of priority. He feels that that, thing, that, that, that is too, it to do something for him. He was having discussions with me of, of how important cars are. Aww. Yeah. In his line of business, it is important, yes. So he doesn't mind spending that, ma- that much on a, on a car. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So if you feel that the gospel of Jesus Christ is very important, 
then you'll give your best. You'll give your best. You'll do all it takes to make sure that it works. What do you think about what I'm saying? Yeah. He says, this is Peter talking. Okay? Peter was talking to the Sanhedrin. And uh, they had done a miracle. They had done a wonderful miracle on a man who was impotent in his feet. And the Sanhedrin had called them, the rulers of the synagogue and all of that, had called them and were questioning them. Why did you, what happened? Why did you do this to this man? I mean, that's a good thing. You, he, the guy got healed. He had been lame from birth. One prayer got him healed. And these people could not understand. So they called them and were questioning with them. And Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, they said something. He says, be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom he crucified, those were the exact people who crucified Jesus. They were the ones who presided over the death of Jesus. Okay? Same people. Peter was afraid of them earlier on. But now he had received the Holy Ghost and had been empowered. He had been filled with boldness. So he could talk. So right in front of them, he said, be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. Next verse. This is the stone which was set at not of you builders, which is the, which has become the head of the corner. You know, people don't think that Jesus is important. People don't think that the gospel is important. A lot of people. That is why the church is the number one most fought organization in the world. They feel that it is not important. Let's relegate it to the background. They took the gospel out of Europe. See how Europe has become. Godless. Now, there, there are no boundaries as to um, what you can do. The liberals are ruling. There are no standards any longer. If a man stands up and says that he's in love with a small boy, that's how he feels. Do you see? That's how he feels. He feels like sleeping with small boys. Six-year-old, six to ten. That's what he likes. And it's fine. Because he kicked out the gospel. So darkness, you see, darkness is not only poverty. No, it's not only poverty. Because there's prosperity abroad in some of these places. But you see the darkness of the people. Because they, are not, they don't know the Lord. They don't know Jesus Christ. Yeah. They don't know Jesus Christ. Wicked people. Wickedness abounds. So this thing that we are talking about is too important. For some, the gospel is foolishness. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Keep your finger here. We'll come back to this, okay? Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Let's read from verse 18. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. Preaching is foolishness for a lot of people. That is why even our parents try to discourage us from doing some of the things we do. Yeah, most people's parents would not want them to stand on the streets and preach. Or talk about, hold the Bible and talk to someone about Jesus Christ. Because they feel that you are being foolish. I've taken you to school for a long time. Is this, is this what you're going to do with your life? Because it is not, for them it is not important. Being a lawyer is more important. Being a doctor is more important. Being an engineer is more important than preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Which is the only means of salvation. It is the only means of changing a man's life. Apart from that means, not, man cannot change. He can't. It's not possible. It's not possible. The madness of man cannot live. Man is mad. From birth, he is. He's not correct. There's something wrong with him. Because of sin in him. And that sin in him must be taken care of. And who is the one who takes care of that sin? Jesus Christ. It is their belief in Jesus Christ that makes them born again. And when that happens, they miss hell. Do you think heaven and hell are not, are not there? They are there, brother. They are existent. 
We must make sure we get the gospel to every single one in our world, in our generation. You see, those who are, those who came before us have ministered to their generation. They've done great things in their generation and they've left. But it now behoves, it's, it's now on us to preach the gospel to our generation, to make a change in our generation, to bring the gospel, the glad tidings of Jesus Christ, the fact that Jesus has died and has been buried and rose again, was punished for the punishment of man, so that man will not be punished. We must bring that gospel to many. And it is conveyed through preaching. Yet it says that for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness. But unto us, which are saved, it is the power of God. We know that it's the power of God. Sadly, there are a lot of Christians who don't think that it's the power of God. It is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. It is the power of God. Without that, nothing can happen. Man will die in a sense and he will go to hell. A lot of Christians don't think that hell is true. Some people say that, oh, how can a good God destroy good people? He's not, he's not, hell was not made for man. Jesus said that hell was made for the devil and his angels. It was not made for human beings. But the devil is interested in taking a lot of human beings with him. He knows that human beings, man, is a treasure of God's heart. is the object of God's love. And he wants to take so many of them there so that it will pain God. Yeah. And Jesus has left us with the gospel. To preach the gospel. If you think it's important, you will do everything to make sure that gospel gets to the next person. You, you will do what you, you are supposed to do to make sure it goes. To make sure another church is built. You see this one that has been built here? It will bring, it's going to be a place for many people to be saved. A place for many people to be educated, to be, to be raised in the Lord. So many people, so thousands and thousands of people are going to be here. That's the truth. But if the oil, the wheels of the gospel are not oiled, it cannot get to the next person. That's the truth. That is the honest truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. This is what. Let's read the Amplified. We're showing us the Amplified. Let's read it. For the story and message of the cross is sheer absurdity and folly to those who are perishing and on their way to perdition. Have you seen it? It's sheer folly. But to us who are being saved, this is the manifestation of the power of God. That's the gospel. The gospel is the power of God, not laying on of hands. The gospel is the power of God. That preaching, letting someone know that Jesus came to die for your sin. You don't need to go to hell. Believe in him. Receive him as your Lord and personal Savior. Jesus said, I'm come to save for the salvation of men. To seek and save the Lord. That's what Jesus said. I've come to seek. When God came on earth, he came to seek and to save the lost. It is too important. That job is too important. This particular thing is too important. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For Because it is the power of God unto salvation to all that believe. To everyone that believes. Go to the next verse. 1 Corinthians 18. 1 18. Now we are in... Um, we are 19. Says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? You see, sometimes it's like, oh, um, this investment is the best. And then all of us troop in there. I don't know what you're talking about. You're mentioning names, but I don't know what you're talking about. And then all of a sudden, it becomes something else. And then everybody's crying. Sometimes you hear that this man is the richest man. He's going, or he's very rich. Something is happening for him. He has his business. He's doing this, he's doing this. Then you hear that something has something. He's killed himself. He's hanged himself. Then you wonder, what's going What's happening? You know, there are things that are not important, but then we place so much importance on those things. Yeah. They are lonely doctors. 
Yeah. Lonely doctors. They are only married to their work. Lonely. They have problems. Lonely lawyers with challenges. You see a lawyer who's throwing plates in his own home. Fighting his own wife. As though he doesn't know that he can, something can happen to him in the court if he should be taken there. <laughs> Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Verse 21. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Preaching, is, it looks like it's foolish. I mean, how can you say that when someone comes to rattle some things in front of the church or wherever you find the person, gives the, if the person should say, Father, Father, say after me, Father, Father, uh, because of what your son did, because of what your son did on the cross of Calvary, on the cross of Calvary for me, I believe, I believe that he died for me. I believe that he resurrected for me. I believe that he ascended for me. I believe that I'm now saved. I'm now a child of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now you are born again. So much foolishness. It should have been, it could have been wiser if some fire was shown in the heavens. That comes down every now to burn human beings to let them know that if you don't repent, you will have this for the rest of your life. Yeah. God decided that preaching words spoken by men is the best means of bringing men into salvation. And changing people's lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So it looks, that's, that's why people, a lot of people don't always criticize. You know, why are you giving to the church? What are they doing? They are not improving the society. We have not been sent to improve the society. We've been sent to change men's lives. That's our job. We are not social workers. Our job is to human beings. Keep your finger here. Go to First Timothy chapter, um, chapter 2. Let's read from verse 4. First Timothy 2 from verse 4. Let's read from verse 3, maybe to make more sense, because he's talking about something very important. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. So he's talking about God our Savior, right? Who will have all men saved? He wills to have all men to be saved. That's his will. That's God's will. And to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Next verse. For there is one God, and there's only one mediator between God and men. The man Christ Jesus. Only one God and only one mediator between the man, that's God and men. And that one mediator is called Jesus Christ. Next verse. Then it says, who gave himself a ransom? For all. He gave himself a ransom for all. Then it says, to be testified of in due time. There's no other way. He must, it must be testified of in due time. There's a due time for everybody. Someone must hear. Someone must hear. And we must do everything to make sure they hear. We must give for it. If we don't give, if we don't understand the fact that God is the most important thing in the world, you will not, you will not supply lavishly. I want all of us to unite behind the gospel. Stand side by side in faith, like I said. Defending the gospel, pushing the gospel forward. That is why we are together. We are not together because of weddings, because of engagements, because of naming ceremonies, because you get a place where you can have, you can find a beloved. That's not why we are together. That's not why we are together. We are here because of the gospel, because of Jesus Christ. There's a vision that God has given to us. We are to make Christ the center of the world. We are to make Jesus the most important person in this world. In our generation, we are to make Jesus the most important person. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we must preach it ourselves and we must sponsor it. We must preach it. We must say what we have to say. Don't be quiet. Don't be a Christian who is quiet. You don't talk about Jesus. What are you talking about? No. 
You have to talk about him. If you remember how, how much your life has changed because of your faith in him, then you help someone who's not correct. If you see someone who's a weak smoker, someone who is mad, you will do something for the person. Hallelujah. He gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. Go to the next verse. Then it says, whereunto, unto this, unto this particular thing, I am ordained a preacher. Because of this, because of announcing this to all men, that there's only one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself, he gave himself a ransom for many. He gave himself a ransom. But God commended his love towards us. In that one way, yet sinners, Christ died. For the ungodly. He died. Someone died so that we can become the righteousness of God. That gospel must go. It is the power of God. Can you imagine? It is the power of God. Go back to Acts chapter 4 where we're reading. We started reading verse 10. And we got to verse 11. Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 4 verse 10. Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised on the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you. Oh, verse 11. This is the stone which was set at not of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. They didn't think it was important. Whilst he was there, the Bible says that he came unto his own, but his own received him not. But as many as received him. Oh, as many as received him. To them he gave the right, the power to become the sons of God. Children who are not born of men, of the blood of man, of the, uh, the will of the flesh, but born of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go back to that place. Then he says, neither is there salvation in any other. It's nowhere. Their money will not save them. Their work will not save them. Listen, they stand a risk of going to hell. It's, that is the truth. That is the truth. And some of them also stand, some of them are born again, but they stand the risk of living a substandard eternal life because of the lack of knowledge that is so present in them. Yeah. A lot of people have been bombarded with the wrong information. People are reading the Bible, but it's, it's, they are not explaining that they're supposed to. People hold the Bible for various reasons. For various reasons. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there's none other name under heaven. Can you imagine? There's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. No other name apart from the name of Jesus. That name of Jesus must be made popular. It must, it must go. People must know. How? It must go to TV. It must go to radio. It must, we must go to the hinterlands. We must do everything. Every single thing that we are going to do demands cash. We must plant churches. We must send missionaries. How shall they believe except there's a preacher? Look at that. Romans chapter, Roman chapter 10. Let's read verse 15. Romans 10, 15. Go up to verse 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He says, whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't it? Then he shows you how people can call upon the name of the Lord. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? If they have not believed, they can't call on his name. And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they hear without a preacher? It's called the foolishness of preaching. Meanwhile, that is it. That is the power of God. Next verse. 
And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring land tidings of good things. How does the Lord send them? He sends them through us. We have to start many churches. Church planting is so important. We have to make sure that is happening on a frequent basis. How? By training and sending people. Making sure they are fine so that they can preach the gospel without thinking about marriage and thinking about some things. What do you think about what I'm saying? Yeah. So we are making an attempt to, to serve our generation. The Bible says that David served his generation and slept with his fathers or he died. Before we die, we must serve our generation. Yeah. Serve our generation with the gospel. That is what all this is about. That is why we keep giving. That is why we keep, in, we keep talking to you, inspiring you, trying to let you understand exactly what is going on. Because the world is turned uh, 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 downside up hmm? or wrong side up. What seems to make sense is actually not logical at all. It's not. Going to school is important. I've been to school. If I had not gone to school, I could not communicate the way I'm doing. Going to school is important, but it is not the most important thing in this world. The salvation of a man's soul is too important. Jesus said, how shall a man gain the whole world? The whole world. The whole world. If he should lose his soul, he has lost everything. Make sure you don't lose your soul. Thank God you are born again, but someone else is losing his soul. How are we going to get to that person? We must sponsor the gospel in every way, in every form. We must preach it ourselves and we must sponsor it ourselves. That's what I'm talking to you. So have a proper understanding of the gospel. The fact that it is the only means. It is the only, not, we don't have other, any other thing. It is the only means for bringing men. Neither is there salvation in any other. Go back there, Acts chapter 4 verse 12. If you don't get anything today, take the scripture home. Acts 4 12. Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. So God says that I am the one who gives you power to get wealth, to establish my covenant. Which covenant? Neither is there salvation in any other. This one must go. This is what he wants men. God wills that all men be saved. That is, what, that is his covenant. That is what he likes. That is what he wants. He wants all men, not even one person to perish. And he has chosen us. He says, I'm blessing you so that you can establish my covenant here on earth. You can establish my will, my desire here on earth. What is his desire? He wants everyone. All men. Not some. All men. Say all men. Amen. So David said, because I have set my heart on the house of the Lord, I have supplied of my own proper good. So when your heart is set on this particular all-important mission of God, okay, of making Jesus known, bringing his, his information, information concerning to people, to the ends of the world, you do anything. Don't you get bothered when you see people who are born as Muslims? The problem of Muslims is that when they get born again, they don't have anything, any place to stay. That's one of the major things. Because when you get born again, the family ostracizes you. You have to get out. You should be building your house with that in mind. That when some people get born again, some Muslims get born again, they can come and stay with you. And we should become powerful enough to build certain places where they can stay until they find their feet and go back into the world. Yeah. Start thinking right. God wants you to start thinking right. Okay? Yeah. Start thinking right. Start thinking with the gospel in mind. 
He wants us to stand side, side by side. You remember that scripture, Philippians chapter 1, verse 27. I mentioned it to you yesterday. Let's read it. Philippians 1, 27. So the Bible says that they were all united in, in heart and in mind for the gospel. For the gospel. For spreading the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If they had not moved, we wouldn't have been here. If they had not sponsored the gospel, we wouldn't have been here. It wouldn't have gotten to us. It wouldn't have gotten to us. People had to pay for people to get into ships. You think getting into a ship at that time was, was, a, was, a, was a cheap thing? People got into ships and traveled for, ye- for months to get to Ghana. Yeah. It was very expensive. If you read your Bible, you see Paul moving from one place to the other. How was he moving? Was he moving by the Spirit? Like, when he wakes up, I want to be here, then he moves there. No. The Bible mentions that he got into ships. That's why there's a whole, there are, there are about three chapters in the book of Acts talking about Paul's journey from ship to ship. So that you know that it was paid for and he was not there alone. He was there with others. Luke was with him. Others were with him. There were so many others who were with him. People had to sponsor the gospel for them to be able to move from one place to the other. I don't know if you understand what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's called reading between the lines. He wants you to see that some people paid for things to happen. So if we, if we don't rally around, if all of us, and I'm not talking about leaders, every church member, I don't know, if you are, if you are born again, you are born again. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. So long as you're born again, you should be interested in what God is interested in. Don't just be, don't just say that I'm, it's my life. It's my own small life. No, stop living your, your small life. Start living big in Christ. Start, start lavishing on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because you have understanding of the fact that this is the only means. When we say this, this is the only road to the place. You know that it is the only road to the place. Even if it is very bad, you use it because this is the only road to that place. I was talking to someone who visited a certain country in West Africa. It begins with L. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Maybe it's Lebanon or something. You know, and they were going to preach somewhere, and the road was so bad that, you know, the distance is like from here to Kumasi, from Akka to Kumasi. Okay, that's the distance. They used about four days to cover. That's distance. Four days. They would sleep on the road. Their cars get stuck. You know, and everybody knows how the road is. So there are cars that uh, move in unison. So if one is stuck, everybody stays. Make sure that one gets out before they all continue. They don't start the journey together. But if you meet on that road, that's what you do. Because it's the only, it is the only road to that particular place. And however you, whatever means you use to get to that place, you have to get there. Jesus is the only way. Jesus said, I'm the way. I am the truth. I am the life. There are not two ways. Only way. That is why we must preach the gospel. And that is why we must sponsor the gospel. For it to be preached. For it to go. Create places where people can be comfortable. Baskets. They are called baskets. You know, these churches that we are building, they are baskets for gathering. Gathering. Harvesting into. What's the point in leading someone to Christ when the person cannot be in a church? Do you see, you get someone born again, and the person cannot be raised as he or she is supposed to. So winning starts with evangelism. That's where it starts. But it continues, it continues with soul building. Do you see? So winning includes evangelism, soul building, or helping the person. You see, if you were born again and you were not raised, you were not trained, you wouldn't be doing all the things you are doing. You wouldn't be here. Today is Friday night. You will not be sitting here. If you are not given the right information, 
you will not be, you will not be so committed. Look at you, I'm talking to you now on a Friday night and you're watching me online. It's a testimony. Because there are so many people who are born again who are, they are all over. They are all over the place. So it is, it is both bringing them in and helping them grow. Money must be spent to bring them in. And money must be spent to keep them in and help them grow. Do you understand what I'm talking about? Yeah, It's a whole package. Jesus told us to go into the ends of the world. Preach to everyone, every creature. Teaching them all that I've taught. You can't teach all that Jesus taught in a day. You need to keep them in a place. That's why we build church buildings. That is why we have several meetings. You see, there are some meetings we can't have because it, it requires a lot of money. We can't have it because if, if I should have it, we will spend about 200000 on one meeting. And you will say, Pastor, what are you using the money for? <laughs> Do you see? Uh-huh. You, may, you may not be happy. I don't know if you were here when uh, uh, Pastor Chris came into this country. You, did you see how... I don't know if you were here when he came. The crusade they did, they spent millions on it. So much, so many. <laughs> One preacher went somewhere and he spent millions and nobody, nobody came for the crusade. And he was not happy at all. Because that's money. Money was going. If you say crusade, if we say we are going to do crusade, you should know that we are talking about money. It's not people, money. <laughs> I tell you. And it's money, someone said, it's money down the drain. It's money you spend without thinking about. You are not looking at those people coming in to come and, come and give. What is offering? How much can they give to you? How much can, you'll be surprised. When you become a pastor, you'll be surprised at offerings. You'll be shocked at offerings. You'll be, you are like, ah, but I thought I saw a thousand people there. So how come this one is what's in there? You'll be surprised. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. So the anointing without money, is, is, it doesn't work. The anointing goes with money. That is why whenever there was a manifestation of the spirit, you will see money. Prosperity came. I showed it to you yesterday. You see money came. Listen, so get big. Start preparing. Okay? This is the of supernatural accomplishment. Start preparing. Whatever business you are doing, lay hands on it. Lay those Holy Ghost filled hands on it. And speak in tongues. This business is prospering. Because it says he has given you power to get wealth. He has. He's given you power to get wealth for the purpose of establishing his covenant. So you know that you have power to get wealth. Whatever I touch works. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Don't say, oh, this is my small business. It's not small. Anything that comes out of God is not small. There's nothing that comes out of him that's small. I used to say that, oh, our church is small. God told me nothing from me. If your church is from me, then don't say it's small. It's not small. Nothing from me is small. Yeah. I change my confession sharp. So you to change your confession concerning your, your business, concerning your, your workplace. Don't say, oh, my pay is small. No, my pay is big. You see, you, are not, you don't believe it, so you are not saying it. My pay is big. I have multiple streams of income. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And you start imagining it. You start imagining it. You start imagining, you start talking about it. Multiple streams. Whatever I touch works. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Men are giving to me. Men line up to give to me. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And as the Lord blesses you, because God is going to be blessing you with financial abundance. As he blesses you, set his own apart. He says, put it in store. Okay? Start saving. You save to give to him. Start saving. Every week you put 50 cities down or 30 cities down. If you are putting 50 cities down every week, how much would you have in a, in a, in a month? That's 200 Ghana cities. Multiplied by 8 months. How much is that? 2, 8. That's 1,600. Ghana cities. You can give that to the Lord. You can round it up to 2,000 and give it to the Lord. 
during the CCN conference. And then let the Lord know, this is what you bless me with, I'm giving it to you. I'm establishing your confidence. And because I'm establishing your covenant, you bless me more. You increase me more in every single thing that I do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you can put something, you can put a hand, you can put thousands of these down every week. Why not? Put it down. Save it. He says, as the Lord has blessed you. As the Lord has blessed you. Do you see? As the Lord has blessed you. You save. Put it down. Have an aim. Have an aim. To go to outdo what you did last year. Do you understand? Yeah. I'm going to give more and more. You see, when you have, when you have the gospel in, in perspective, God also has you in perspective. That's the truth. When it's in your heart to make sure the gospel is not limited and restricted in any way. The gospel we preach is not limited and, and, and prevented from going forward in any way. God also makes sure that you go forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no other name. No other name. Let me show you another one. Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13 from verse 38. Acts 13, 38. This is Paul also preaching. He says, Be it known unto you therefore, men and brethren, that through this man, Jesus Christ, is preached unto you the forgiveness of sins. Have you seen it? Next verse. And by him, all that believe are justified or made right or given the righteousness of God, declared not guilty. He says, and by him, all that believe are justified from all things, from which ye could not be justified by the law of Moses. Can you imagine that through the preaching of the gospel, people are made right with God? No matter how rich you are, you cannot make someone right with God. You can't. There's nothing that can make you right with God. There's nothing that can bring you peace with God. Apart from Jesus Christ, nobody, no man can help you. He's the only one. He's the mediator, only mediator between God and man. We must make sure he's spoken about. So start preparing. Tell neighbor, start preparing. Start preparing. Tell the other one, start preparing. Start preparing. Start preparing. Hallelujah. Tell neighbor, start preparing. Start preparing. Start preparing. Start preparing. Start laying in store. As the Lord is blessing you. You see, and have an aim. Have an aim. Have an aim. You know, in the Old Testament, there were different sizes of offerings. There was the, si- there was the bullock. Okay? Then there was a lamb. Then there was a pigeon. So if you could bring a pigeon, bring a pigeon and come and sacrifice it. Give it to God. If you could give a lamb or a sheep, bring that sheep and come and give it to God. If you could bring a cow or a bullock, Bring it and come and give it to the Lord. Ask the Lord has blessed you. But there were specific offerings. You couldn't bring a frog. You can't say, I have a frog. Or you can't say, I have a goat. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I have a snake. I'm a goat farmer. So I am bringing you goats. Or what? Web. Worm. You can't bring him a worm. Hallelujah. <laughs> These were categories. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's clearly stated in the scriptures. Categories: bull, lamb, pigeon. Okay, that is why we tell you we give you figures. We'll say those who can give this, start preparing for it. We we'll say pastors are giving this amount. How much are pastors giving? Is it four thousand or so? Four thousand. Last year you gave how much? Three thousand as pastors. So this year you have to go higher. What do you think? Yeah, you have to go higher. To 4,000 or even 5,000. 
5,000 is good. 5,000 is good. It's good for a pastor. 5,000. They beg. 5,000. <laughs> How much are elders also giving? You were saying for pastors. Now you will not say for yours. You are quiet. Elders are going to give 3,500. And then leaders, leaders are going to give 2,500. And then all our church members, if you're a church member, aim at 2,000 Ghana cities. Wow. <laughs> now, if you are smart, you can start saving for it. Yeah. The other things I'm going to, this is a, this, these meetings are just to prepare your mind for it. The other meetings I'm going to have with you to let you know the benefits, what you get. And last year I taught you so many things on seed sowing. I'm going to teach you even some other, so much, the word is, is replete with so much information concerning it. So I'm going to teach you some more concerning why we do the things we do and the, the benefits, what it does for you. I'm going to be sharing some testimonies with you from time to time from, from various people who have been blessed and have been increased because of their giving. Do you understand? Uh -huh. So that's what we are going to be doing. Every pastor, prepare for, for 5,000. Now, if you're an elder and you believe that 3,500 is not, it's like chicken change for you, then aim higher. Do you understand? Aim higher. 5,000 or more. Actually, actually, I'm having this meeting because I want to call out people who would be able to give 10,000 Ghana to the Lord. Wow. Come 1st August. And the whole place became very quiet. <laughs> Hallelujah. Now, it looks like a huge figure, but it's not. It's not. Some of us gave that. Some of us gave that. We prepared and gave that. If you want to go higher, do higher. You know, this year, God told me, last year, God told me about financial abundance for the church. I had two very seasoned men of God calling me about it. So the first one called me and said that. I'm seeing prosperity for everybody in the church. And no, hold on. And for, for, the, for the church, he said, I'm seeing so much, so much, so much money. Okay. Then, two days later, another man of God called me. He said, I just had a dream about you. Now, this is not someone I talk to on a regular, the first one I talk to him every time. I'm talking about Reverend George. Reverend George is the first person. Yeah. Last year, beginning of last year, he called me and said, this is what is going to happen. You guys are going to prosper like never before. <laughs> That's what he said. Though. I don't take that man's words for granted. When he says it comes to pass. So Then this other prophet, he's a, the other one is a prophet of God. He sees all kinds of things. He ministers to, men, to presidents all around the world. Young guy, but that's, what, that's the ministry God has given to him. You know him. Am I lying? You know what I, the one I'm talking about. Does he minister to presidents and to governors? He does. So he called me and told me that this is what God is telling him about us on a personal level and also for everyone in the ministry, for the whole church. Now, we prospered last year, but we could have prospered more. We made a mistake. We didn't sow a seed big enough to have what they have said come to pass in our lives practically. So when the year was ending, I was asking God, ah, we have prospered though. God said, this is not what I said. That's what God told me. This is not what I said. I was going to do more than that, but you didn't give any seed for it. That's what God told me. You didn't give any seed for it. 
We sowed some seeds, but nothing that will make us feel that we have given something. Do you get it? Yeah, we gave a few, a few thousands, a few tens of thousands. We gave something. But it's not out of there. We've done more than that before. I mean, for such a word to come and for you to prepare so poorly for it, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. So this year we say, I set out that we are going to give something that we have never given as a church before. To make sure what he said, what they are saying, by the power of the Holy Spirit, which has been confirmed by God. Because God told me, I said, ah, we've pro- we really prosper. We're able to do this. We're able to do that. God said, this is not it. This is not it. It's more than that. Meaning that it was God who told them, right? <laughs> For him to say, this is not it. It means that he was really the one who told them. He had something in mind. So we are going to prepare to give something bigger. I'm showing you what the church is going to be doing. If you see the church prospering, don't say that, hey, where are they getting the money from? What? No, we are going to do what we need to do to make sure we're able to do above and beyond the ordinary, above and beyond the normal. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So you on a personal level should also do above and beyond what you have been doing all this while. Do what you have never done before. David said, I will not give God something that will not cost me. Do you remember where I started from in 1 Chronicles chapter 29? Do you remember? Yeah. Look at it. 1 Chronicles 29. Let's read verse 3 now. Man of God, you are welcome. Let's read verse 3 now. It says, Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God, I have of my own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God, over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. What he gave was over and above all that he had prepared. I don't know if you get it. Yeah. He gave above and beyond what he could give normally. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Let's read from verse 1 into verse 4. Let's read it in the BB so that we understand it very easily. Okay? First, 2 Corinthians 8 1. And now we give you news, brothers, about the grace of God which has been given to the churches of Macedonia. He says there's a grace that's been given to the churches of Macedonia. Next verse. How while they were undergoing every sort of trouble and were in the greatest need, they took all the greater joy in being able to give freely to the needs of others. They had need, but they were able to give freely to the needs of others. Next verse. For I give them witness that as they were able, and even more than they were able, they gave from the impulse of their hearts. Have you seen it? It says as they were able and beyond what they were able. So you do your calculations. You realize that this is your supernatural accomplishment, isn't it? Yeah. Meaning that calculations that's not working in this year. So per your calculations, you can give 5,000. But God is saying, give 10,000. Okay. And I wonder, how am I going to, how am I going to get the money for it? He gives seed to the sower. If you are interested, we want to raise, we want to raise a million Ghana cities from just a hundred of us. If, 10, if 100 of us are giving 10,000 Ghana cities, that's, that's 1 million Ghana cities from just 100 people and want to do that. Then the rest of us will raise so much. We'll give so much. If you want to give your 5,000, give your 5,000. Give all the, give what you know you're supposed to give. But if you want to give more than what you know you're supposed to give, give it. Do above and beyond what they have said you should give. There's grace for it. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Four years ago, 2016, we were going to start our project in Kumasi. And uh, I've said this on a, on a number of occasions. We had $5,000 to start. It was around 20000 at that time. And we heard that the servant of God was coming to Ghana. Pastor Chris was coming to Ghana. I knew that, you see, the building cannot, 20000 will not do much for the building. 20000 will not do it. What? What can I do? It will not even buy enough cement for the foundation. Can you imagine? So what did we do? We took that money. My wife and I went. I went to sow it. We went to give it. There was nothing. We had zero. When, when you give, you have zero. <laughs> we had zero. But by the end of the year, the building was up. All the structural things that needed, the civil things that needed to be done which cost close to a million Ghana cities, had been done. I'm not joking with you. This is 2016. By 2016, December, we have spent a million on site. Yes. Where did the money come from? How did it come? Is it your giving? Emphatically not. It's not our giving. It's God's multiplication. You see, when, when Jesus received the bread from the little boy, what did he do? The Bible says he gave thanks. And he broke it and gave. When he broke in his hands, it is multiplied. If what you have is small, give it to him. In his hands, it multiplies. That is the truth. That is the truth. I learned that a long time ago. In his hands, in the Lord's hands, that small thing multiplies. When, we, when the boy gave it to the Lord, he went back home with 12 baskets full of bread and fishes, isn't it? They gathered, is it 12 baskets? Yeah, they gathered 12 baskets. After he had done, he had given it to the Lord. He gave it to the Lord. To do what the Lord wanted. What he had was so small, he could not do much. He gave it to the Lord. And in the Lord's hands, it multiplied. And at the end of the multiplication, he had 12 baskets more for his home. When Peter gave his boat to the Lord for the Lord to use to preach the gospel, when Jesus finished, he said, cast your nest to the side. Peter said, we have taught all night. We have done all that we can. We have done all that we know to do, technically speaking. And we have not caught anything. Jesus said, nonetheless. Peter said, nonetheless, at your word, I'll do what you are saying I should do. He cast his net. And he enclosed a great number of fishes. When you give what you have to the Lord, you should know that multiplication has come. Increase has come. That is the way to go. That is the way to go. So if you realize that what you have is not much, if you want to do a project, you realize that what you have is not enough, give to the Lord. Give it to the Lord. Prepare and give it to the Lord. Years ago, my wife and I were trying to, we were trying to save to buy a land. I've said it a number of times. Trying, trying. You see that to a point. When we saved up to a point, God said, give it to me. We didn't shake our heads. We gave it to the Lord. Someone does a land that is worth more than $100,000. Yeah. Free of charge. Will you be able to trust God for such things? God is big. He's just waiting on, waiting on you to see how much faith you have in him and how much trust you have in him. Can you depend on him? That in his hands, that thing that you have can multiply. You have the capacity to believe, to depend on him. So start preparing. Tell anybody, start preparing. preparing. Don't just have that uh, 2,500 Ghana cities as a church member in mind. No. Aim for the 10,000. Aim for the 5,000. You're wondering, how is it going to come? It will come. He gives seed to what? To the soul. If you are interested in sowing, he'll give you seed. And he will give you bread for eating as well. As he gives you seed, he will give you bread for eating. 
so that you'll be satisfied. You will not be hungry. You will not go hungry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In his hand, it multiplies. It multiplies. Let me show you something in the Bible. There's something called provision. Okay? Don't be afraid. You know, one of the things that prevents people from giving or sowing seeds is fear. Okay? Fear of the future. If I give this, will I have something for tomorrow? Can you steal water from the ocean? Try it. Try stealing water from the ocean to your house. Who will lose? You will lose. Let me show you something in the Bible. Luke chapter 22. Let's read from verse 7. Luke 22 from verse 7. The Lord knows. God knows things you don't know about your future. And he's made preparations for your future. Never be afraid. Okay? Jump that hurdle of fear of the future, financially speaking. It's as though if I give this my 5,000, I am finished. If you know that you are the ocean, you will not be afraid. If someone comes to take a bucket of water from you, you will not be afraid. Even a polytank will not make you afraid. Because you know you are the ocean. You know you have endless supply. You know, Paul told the Philippian church, this, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. That's what he said. You can never give all of your money to the Lord. <laughs> by the time you are giving, he has gone ahead of you to make sure you have harvest. That's the truth. In this time of the disciples' lives, Jesus gave an instruction, a very foolish one, to be honest with you. It looked very foolish. So let's look at it. Then came the day of unleavened bread, when the Passover must be killed. This is Jesus' last supper. Look at, let's look at how he, got, where, how he got the venue for his last supper. And he sent Peter and John saying, go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. So they are sitting down. It's Passover, Passover is coming. Then he, to, he tells Peter and John saying, go and prepare us the Passover that we may eat. And they said unto him, where would thou that we prepare? Where do you want us to prepare? Then he said unto them, behold, when ye are entered into the city, there shall a man meet you, bearing a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house where he entereth in. <laughs> when you enter the city, you will see a man bearing a pitcher. I mean, men don't carry pitchers. This is a pot of water. Follow him into the house where he entered. When you see him, just start following him. <laughs> Can you believe the Lord? Next verse. And ye shall say unto the good man of the house. Now when you get there and you see the owner of the house, tell the, house, the man of the good man of the house, the master saith unto thee, where is the guest chamber? Where I shall eat the Passover with my disciples. Listen, he knows your future. He knows that the one bearing the picture that you are supposed to follow. And he knows the good man of the house you're supposed to talk to. Don't be afraid. When he tells you to do something, do it. Jesus' mother said to the, guy, the guys at the wedding at Cana, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. 
It's when it comes to giving, the Lord tells you. He talks to you. He talks to you. Yeah. You know that I can do this. I can give this. He tells you, talks to your heart. Prepare for this. Don't be afraid. Don't say, what if I go? The disciples had learned better. Can you imagine that after this incident, when he was going to, they were going to get him a, 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 a mule to sit on to enter Jerusalem. He did the same thing. He said, go. You find an ass and it's caught tied to a particular place. Untie it. If anybody asks you a question, tell them the good master, the master has need of it. I'm talking about supply. Thinking in terms of supply. Not need. Not lack. Oh, we, we, we need this. Oh, we need that. Think in terms of supply. My God is able to supply all my needs. All that I need, he supplies. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Hallelujah. Don't limit yourself. There's so much, so much for you. So much for you. Next verse. Luke 22 verse 12 now. And he shall show you a large, up, large upper room. Finish there. Make ready. Next verse. And they went and found as he had said unto them. And they made ready the Passover. They went and found exactly as he had said. Peter had gotten that experience before. There was a day Jesus was being taxed. They had some people, the tax collectors came. And Peter said, Lord, they are here for the tax. Jesus said, go and go and fish. The very first fish you catch, open his mouth. You'll find some money in there. Pay for you and for me. Jesus had never had the need of, he never had a sense of need. Supply. Supply. When the need comes, oh, there's supply for it. Do this, you'll get it. Do this, you'll get it. The ability to hear the Lord clearly concerning what to do for supply is what is granted to you when you give. When you give, yeah, that's it. When you give to him, when you give what you have to him, you have opened your ears to hear him concerning what he wants you to do. Because he has your future secured. As far as he's concerned, you are not going to be in need in the next 10 years. The next 60 years, like when you are 60, you, all your money will finish. No. Yesterday I was thinking about a certain man who used to beg around a, a, a certain corner on this road, somewhere on this road. You know, very old man. Probably in his 80s, about 85 or so. Eight, let's say 82. And he was begging. We would all give him money when we get there. We'll give him money. After about a year, the last, the last thing I saw was that he had passed on and he had put his poster there. And we were begging some people had come to beg to be able to bury him. So yes, I was just thinking, this happened about two years ago. Yes, I was just thinking about him. What, what did he do with his life? What did he do with his life? Did he never have money? Was he begging throughout his, his years? No. That, the answer is no. No, he wasn't. But what happens is that most, of, most, most people spend what they have. They never sow what they have. You see, if you have a mango seed in your hand or a corn in your hand and you eat it, what do you have? You have... Hallelujah. <laughs> yeah, what you put into your stomach will come out. But if you put it into the ground, what will happen? You get more. When you put it in the ground, it's like you've lost it. Oh, I've lost it. You haven't. If you understand what you are doing, you'll get the benefit. Yeah. You are better off putting it in the ground than eating it. Is it true? Yeah. Mm. So oh, I have I have two thousand Ghana cities. I want to buy this. I want to buy that. Want, your wisdom is small. Your wisdom is small. It's very small. Unfortunately, you are like the ocean. You will never have need. As a pastor, I am. 
If I tell you my pay, you will not be you will not believe it. I'm the pastor of the whole church. The church is blessed. But if I tell you my pay, you'll be disappointed. Because my life is not dependent on pay. The church cannot prosper me. No, 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 it can't. My prosperity is not based on them. Hallelujah. It's not. So I also sow my seed. This is what I'm telling you now. I'm also preparing. I'm also preparing, I tell you. I'm also preparing. Yeah, preparing. Because I don't want to be left out. I don't want to be foolish. And spend all that I have. Don't spend all that you have. Give some to the Lord. Sow some. Sow some in the Lord's vineyard. Give it to him. And watch it multiply in his hands. Give it to him and watch him tell you what is ahead. Pass here. There's a business you, he will tell you, pass here. And you'll be surprised. God doesn't want you to stay in a corner all the rest of your life. Okay? He doesn't want, he wants your life to be an expression of his glory. That's what your life is for. To bring the knowledge of his will, the knowledge of Christ to all men. That's what he wants for you. So don't, don't decide that this is what I have. I have thousand. I get thousand every month. That is what I'll be getting for the next five years of my life. Ooh. So when a thousand comes, you spend everything on yourself. Everything. Hey, you are not wise. Yeah. That's what seed right there. You know someone. You know how someone did. Someone, a lady years ago went for. Well, were we there at Shiloh that year? I think we we're there. Oh, we we're there that year. We went, we were there, and this young lady, very young lady, I probably should be like 27, 28, okay, did something. She said that she saved her, 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 her whole year's salary. For one year, when she's paid, she keeps the salary. She saved it and saved it and saved it and saved it and gave it to the Lord as a seed and told God, I want more than double of what you have given to me. What I've given to you. you. You see, the testimonies, we can't talk about it. We, we can't, I don't know how to even start talking about what the things that started happening in their life. Don't give foolishly, give with your heart. Do you understand? Don't just, oh, someone did this for me, I'm going to do it. No. Let the Lord speak to you. Don't just do things. Let the Lord speak to you. These things are to inspire you, but it doesn't mean that you to go and start saving your pay. No. Let the Lord speak to you. Do you understand? Yeah. Let the Lord speak to you. I know people who gave their, they gave their whole house. As the preacher was preaching like that concerning seed sowing and the gospel and all of that, like I'm telling you now. They gave their whole house, their five-bedroom house, they gave it. They gave the key there. Then, then, with everything that was inside. So as they were going, they didn't know where they were going to sleep. <laughs> you should know that that person's life. The last time I saw him, he was giving, I think, uh, is it 12 cars or so? Or 14 cars? 14 cars. You know him? He gave 14 cars. To his choir, it was his instrumentalist. Yes. 14 cars, brand new cars that they should be blessed. Wow. What can you do? You know, Kenneth Copeland has given assets in the 90s. He had given 27 planes, airplanes. I didn't say he has bought 27 airplanes. I said he has given 27 airplanes. He has given it out as a blessing. 27 aeroplanes, not cars. <laughs> Aeroplanes in the 90s, as are the 90s. Yes. Yeah. The governments are, their, their governments are afraid of them. Oh, yeah, they are afraid of them. They don't understand their financial prosperity. They don't. 
if slavery, they will, they will go and search them about various things, this one, this one, they can't find anything. They are not doing anything dubious. They are blessed. So don't stay, don't stay on the level, that level that you're on. Be wise, be smart. Sponsor the gospel. Be interested. Okay? Be interested. There's a, there's a field that is fertile. The field of the gospel. Sow into it. Give to it. And watch your life prosper. You cannot, you cannot give to God and, and lack. And go down. You will not go down. Never. I want to be like that. That's what I like. I prefer that. I prefer that. Yeah. Be smart. What do you want to be? How do you want to be? How do you want your life to turn out? Hmm? Barely getting by. Barely get fine. Listen, lack of money is one of the it's, poverty is not it's not, not, not it's clearly not from God. It's clear that it's not from God. The way it makes you feel makes you know that there's something wrong. Yeah. It's clearly not from God. You have to get out of it. Yeah. And he showed us a way. He's able to make all grace abound to you. As you give, he's able to make all grace abound to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if God is talking to you already. So start preparing. Tell anybody, start preparing. Start preparing. Now, the last thing I want to say is that if you want to give that 10,000, we're going to put out a number. It will come to you. Okay? Um, can you put um, Pastor Eugene's number out there right now? Okay? If you can write it somewhere. If you want to give the 10,000, we want to know who would want to give. Because we want to make sure we can raise that one million from that group. And then raise some more from every other person. Please, you understand? So if you believe you can give that 10,000, if you, the Lord is talking to you to give that 10,000, I'm calling you out now. Send your name to that particular number on the screen. I don't know if you can run on the screen now. Send it to that screen, uh, to that number. And we'll have, we'll have your, send your name, your contact. I think we can get your contact as you send your name even. So we'll have your name and your contact, everything. And then we'll get back to you concerning what to do. Hallelujah. So that's the announcement. Have you been blessed? Yes. Have you enjoyed the Sons of Consolation Conference? Wow. Barnabas gave. And it brought, it pushed, you see, because when, the, when everybody was giving, they were using the money to sort out their problems in the church. So they couldn't move. But when Barnabas gave, they were able to move. Yeah, they were able to go. What he gave was so much that they could go. They could plan for the next thing. Okay? They could plan for the next thing. So, you're a son of consolation. You're a daughter of consolation. Yeah. Let the Lord speak to you. Give. I'll give yourself. Do above and beyond what you, you do normally. And watch things flow for you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining me online. I'm glad you came. And I'm glad you joined online. I know the Lord is talking to you. So you have time. You have till from now till um, the end of the month to send your name. A whole, from now to the end of the month, to think about it. <laughs> Maybe when you think, you're like, hey, how is this one? This one, hey, 10,000. Hey, 10,000. Is it because I've given that before, I receive in that amount? I receive in that amount. 
because I've given that amount before. Yeah, I can receive like on a personal level, I can receive 10,000, 20,000, 40,000. Pastor, God bless you. 50,000, 100,000, 150,000. I can receive that. You're surprised. I can receive that because, you see, what you don't give, you will not have. You can't handle it. Oh, to be honest with you. To be honest with you. Yeah. So when God was talking about this financial perspective of the church, but God told me, you've not given along a certain line. You haven't. So we, we started. We started giving on a certain level. We started. It's a whole project. I'm preparing. So there's an amount we want to give. We want to give a certain amount. Should I tell you? No, I won't tell you. It's between me and God. Yes. I want to, we want to give a certain amount. And we've given the first batch this month. By the end of the month, we are giving that first batch. Um, no, by the end of next month, we are giving the first batch. Then, as the months go by, we give some more. Some more. That's how we do, that's how we do it. You plan for it, and then you give it. You make provision for it. And as you are giving, you see that you are multiplying. Or as you are, you, are, you are even preparing, you see that the Lord is multiplying you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's the presence of God that causes people to prosper. It is not investment that causes people. Always know that. Don't think, you see, I'm, I'm just talking to you. Don't think that it is uh, investment that makes people prosper. Ask Obedidom. Do you know Obedidom? The Ark, of, the, the Ark of Covenant was mistakenly left in his house. And for three months, everything about his life changed. He was prospering. Everything he touched worked. Everything he touched worked. Everything, even if he sells Gary, it works. Yeah. So never think it's because of invest, some investment that you need to do, that you have access to. When you get access to it, then you pro- it is a lie. It is a lie. It's a big lie. Investments are for sowing. What prospers you is the presence of God that is with you. And you have the presence of God. You do. So you are prosperous. Always remember that. Okay? Always remember that. You are now the Ark of Covenant. Obedidom had it come into his house for three months, and he prospered. When David heard that he was prospering, David said, ah, there's nothing wrong with the Ark. Because, you see, Uzzah had touched the Ark. David was bringing the Ark of Covenant to, into Jerusalem, and he was carrying it the wrong way. You know the story. Uzzah touched it because the Ark was going to fall down. He touched it, and then God smote him. The Ark of Covenant just, he died. And David was afraid of God. So he left, they were in front of Obedidom's house. So they left it there. And left it in his house. Thinking that there was a problem. If there's a problem, you should go to him. <laughs> but he was just prospering. And David had, after three months, David had the head. The guy has prospered. He has bought a house here. He has done this. He has done that. He has done. Then David said, hey, then it means there's nothing wrong with the ark. Let us go for it. And he read in the Bible, he read in the scriptures and realized that the Ark of Covenant was not supposed to be on horses. It's supposed to be on the shoulders of the priest. So he told the priest, do the right thing. And they did the right thing. And that came to him and he prospered. So what prospers man is not uh, some investment or a job. <laughs> a certain job. That pays, what, 4,000. 4,000 cities is not enough at all. 4,000 is not money at all. 
Maybe you don't have it now, so you, you feel it's something big. But don't worry. As you are giving your seed, you realize that with time, it's nothing. It's not a problem at all. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Because your expenses alone will cross 10000 after some time. That's the truth. No matter how much you are paid, it will not be enough. It will not be enough. Years ago, a friend of mine was paid 8000 Ghana cities. This is about, this is like 2010. 10 years ago. Yes, 2010. That's 2010. The money, the new money had just come not long. You know, then he got a good job with a foreign company. They pay him about 8,000 Ghana cities. Yeah. But it was not enough. When the money came, his expenses also went up. Yeah. You find ways and means of spending the money because it's so much. It's like, hey, let's buy this. Let's buy all the things that you couldn't, you couldn't, you don't, you wouldn't need. You start needing. Hallelujah. So what causes supernatural supply is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who brings supernatural supply. Continuous supply. Like I said, think in terms of supply. Okay? Don't think that your money is finished. I'm coming to give 10000 so my money is finished. I can't do any other thing. No. Don't think like that. Think in terms of supply. I'm like the ocean. I'm like the ocean. I have enough supply. Hallelujah. So let the Lord talk to you, okay? Like I said, we are looking for a hundred of us. We are more than, we are almost 3,000 in the church. We want just a hundred of us, just a fraction of us to master courage and give that amount and decide I'm going to enter this new level of tens of thousands. All the other levels are very powerful. They are all important. But as the Lord leads you, if you believe that you can, the Lord is talking to you to give that amount, write your name and the Lord will give you seed. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lift up your hands wherever you are. Father, thank you for your children. Thank you for your blessings. You who give seed to the sower. Thank you that every hand that is lifted wherever receives seed in the name of the Lord Jesus. To give in the category that they ought to give above and beyond in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for supernatural supply throughout this period. From now to August 1st, when we are supposed to give, thank you for supernatural supply in the name of the Lord Jesus. Abundant supply in the name of the Lord Jesus. It's a year of supernatural accomplishments that will accomplish great things financially in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you that they break forth on every sphere of their lives. Financially speaking, health-wise, in every aspect of their lives, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you for multiplication for everyone. We give ourselves to you and we know that every single thing concerning us is multiplied. In the name that every single thing responds to. In the voice that everything responds to. In the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, have we prayed. Amen. Amen. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.